I don't care what you've done, what you will do, or what you're about to do, and how bad or horrible or tragic it is. God in Christ has forgiven you infinitely. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm. God rescued us, and yet we fail to believe that he will rescue us again when we are under pressure. All we have to do is believe. Believe. And you know, like when you're having a conversation with somebody and like you're trying to get a point across and they start going in a completely different direction and you have no idea what they're doing and you get super irritated. That's exactly what Jesus is doing here. I remember it was my second year in seminary. I was pretty much dead. I'm like, dude, I'm going to quit. Like I'm done with this. I don't understand Greek, Greek or Hebrew. Still kind of struggling with those languages. Um, and uh, I call a pastor friend of mine. He went through seminary. He's a pastor a long time. And I call him up, and I'm like, hey, man, school is hard. Like, I'm going through so much stress. I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to quit. Please give me some advice. And he said, um, you know, next to my house, there grows these blueberries. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, dude, I can get blueberries at the local Trader Joe's. I don't need you to explain to me the agriculture of your state right now. I want you to listen to my problem. And he's like, yeah, yeah, so these blueberries, they just, they just grow, and they're just beautifully growing there. And he's continuing saying, you know, my wife and I sometimes go, and we, we pick these blueberries, and we just wash them, and then we just eat them, and it's just amazing. I'm like, what are you saying? I don't care about your blueberries. I care about my problem. Jesus is doing here the same thing. Disciples are freaked out. They're like, okay, Jesus, um, yeah, we have no bread. We have no lunch. And he's like, well, since you're speaking of bread, please beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Jesus, what are you talking about? Very often, Jesus wants to point us to something very important that we completely missed. He cautions them. He says, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, some of you are like, what in the world is leaven? Well, I'm glad you asked because I studied it. I studied leaven. Okay, if you, ch- if you check my Chrome search history, leaven all day long. Leaven is yeast, okay? And as f- what I found out is that yeast makes dough rise. Thank you. Now, now listen to this. Leaven or yeast, it has a dramatic and radical effect upon dough to change its whole appearance and substance. So what happens is when you put the yeast in there, the loaf of bread begins to rise and it begins to be filled, get this, with hot air and it gives the presence of a lot, but inside it's empty. That's the point Jesus is trying to make here. Jesus is saying, Herod and the Pharisees, they're thinking so much of themselves, but inside they're empty. There's nothing in there. They're giving the appearance of holiness, the appearance of righteousness, but inside they're dead. 
And this, my friends, is the essence of hypocrisy, which respects the outward appearance and gives a person an overinflated opinion of themselves as they tell others how to live their lives, giving the impression this is how they themselves lived, while in truth, truth they did not. And the Bible actually talks about that leaven or yeast is actually, it's like most sin. It starts out very small, very hidden, but then it starts fermenting and bubbling up to the surface, and pretty soon it takes over everything. Jesus says, beware of that. Most of this kind of sin in your life and in my life, it starts out very small and hidden. And we leave it unchecked, and if we do, it spreads. It infects the, it's going to infect your, yourself, your family, your church, your community group, your workspace. And Jesus here is warning his disciples that they are not immune to this deadly disease. I want to ask you and myself a question. Where is that leaven in our life today that is small, that is hidden, that is sinful, nobody knows about it, but it's fermenting and it's bubbling up and it's going to ruin our life? My friends, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. We must repent of that. We must address it. Now, it's quite interesting that Jesus here talks about two types of leaven, two types of yeast. And the first one he talks about is the leaven of Herod. Now, Herod was a ruler, and what happened was he enforced a Roman law, but he didn't bother with the moral law when it came to his marriage or murder. So he was abiding by all the civil laws, but he wasn't abiding by God's laws. And this, a person who is like a Herod, maybe some of us here, is a person who says, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. If you ever heard somebody say to you, well, I didn't break the law. Well, you might have not broken the city law, but you broke God's law, which is far more important and above all of that. That's what the, the yeast or the leaven of Herod is. It's an exalting civil law above God's moral law. And what did Herod do? He had an overinflated opinion of himself. The yeast was rising. He expressed it in being a law to himself in morals and justifying himself by keeping within and imposing Roman law. This is what Herod did. My friends, it's a danger that you and I have. When we say, you know what? We don't need to answer to any authority. We're our own authority. We're going to make our own rules. I'm the captain of this ship, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. That's the yeast or the leaven of Herod. Now, check out the leaven of Pharisees. The Pharisees were, they were hypocrites. They were, they were doing religious legalism. They were basically telling other people to do things that they themselves were not doing. Don't you hate when people do that? They're like, oh, do this, do that. Are you praying five times a day facing west? Are you reading your Bible? Is your YouVersion Bible app uploaded? And then you find out that they're not doing any, any of that themselves. That's Pharisee style of living. The leaven points to the principles which give shape to our lives. Just as leaven aerates a loaf and gives its shape, and Herod's political leaven gave the wrong shape to one's life, so did the Pharisees' religious leaven do the same thing. And this is why Jesus says it's very important. Watch out. He says, be careful. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. Now, my question is this. What are you personally feeding on? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Our mind must be sober. 
we must be vigilant that nothing is coming into here and into here that is defiling us or making us have this leaven of the Pharisees or of Herod because your principles guide you and shape you. And some of us are like, but I just make one mistake. Your life is made up of a series of small decisions that make up one massive life. How you do one thing is how you do everything. If you fudge on things in one area of your life, you're going to be fudging on things in the entire area of your life. We must be very cognizant of that. We must be very vigilant. Pharisees observed Jesus' miracle, but they failed to understand the source, nature, and purpose of them. And this is why Jesus is saying, watch out. Beware of this leaven. Now think of the disciples. Something's happening in the boat. Disbelief is fermenting in the boat. And the yeast is rising. Disbelief is rising. Panic, anxiety, frustration, worry. Why? Because they failed to be shaped by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it's not about do, it's about done. You're not trying to get God's favor. You're living out of the favor he's already given you. You come to church not because you have to, but because you get to. You read your Bible not because you have to, but because you get to. You go to a community group and you pray for people and you care for people and you sacrifice your own time, talent, and money not because you have to, but because you get to. You have an unlimited surplus of God's grace within you that he wants you to be spent for other people. That's how people live who do not have the yeast of the Pharisees or of Herod in their life. They have the bread of life, and it's bread in every single layer. There is no hot air. The disciples are actually unaware of their condition. And they're quibbling about the meaning of bread without realizing that they're being infected by a deadly cancer. How often do we do that? We pay attention to the wrong things. We have big lofty goals, big lofty dreams, and it's fine to do that. But we're thinking so far ahead that we don't see what's happening right in front of us. A lot of times people come to me and they're like, you know what? I want to go on these crazy missionary trips all over the world to a third world country. And I say, you know what? Your house is a third world country. Maybe you should start there. You guys with me? If we can't be nice and cordial with people who we live with, how in the world are we going to succeed on the mission field? So the disciples, they're unaware of their actual condition. Jesus is with them. The miracle worker, the bread of life is with them, but they're fretting about meager provisions. How often does it happen in your life and in my life? We begin our week and we're like, God, man, we don't have enough money to pay our bills and this job kind of sucks and like, I'm not where I need to be. And you have the Messiah, miracle worker in your midst. And we're worried about our meager provisions. When God gave us everything, he gave us his son, Jesus. Everything we could ever want, everything we could ever need, everything we can find our deep desire and pleasure in, we have in Christ. In Christ alone, my hope is found. That's the foundation upon which we stand. And it's going to get us through all the storms of our life. So as long as you're with Jesus, you're good, regardless of the level of your provisions. You know why? Because Jesus is your provision. 
Whatever you lack right now, Jesus is going to fill that void. He's better. I promise you. So what happens is they begin discussing with one another the fact that they have no bread. They go on discussing their lack of provisions. Instead of discussing lack of provisions, we should discuss God's providence and how good he is. So Jesus steps in with a series of questions. He's saying, why are you discussing that you don't have any bread? And they're like, uh, well, we're not sure. And then he's like, well, don't you understand or comprehend? They're like, nope. He asks, is your heart hardened? What does it mean, hardened heart? You're not accepting the things of God. They're like, yes, it is. He says, do you have eyes and not see? They're like, yep. He says, do you not remember? Apparently not. He says, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of piece, pieces of bread did you collect? They're like, 12. And then he's like, when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many large basket pieces of bread did you collect? Seven. He says, do you not understand yet? But this is why I love Jesus. Jesus asked these questions not to shame, but to instruct. Jesus' goal is never to shame you, is never to make you feel guilty, is never to make you feel less than. That is the goal of the enemy. Jesus wants to build you up. He wants to encourage you. He wants to lift you up. It's a way to demonstrate the disciples they need insight. And these disciples, they mirror humanity at large, which is so stuck in its own world and cares that it is blind and deaf to God. Here's the thing. The disciples are anxious about their lack of bread, but Jesus is anxious about their lack of faith. Luke 137 says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. How hesitant are we to embrace the truth of God? And I want to tell you this, that your situation is not beyond the reach of God and your life is not beyond the reach of his grace. I don't care what you've done, what you will do, or what you're about to do and how bad or horrible or tragic it is. God in Christ has forgiven you infinitely. That's the reality in which I live. So when I commit a sin, I don't cower in shame from Jesus. I run to the Father because he's waiting for me with open arms. And he's saying, I've forgiven you before you even asked for forgiveness. I've granted you repentance before your words even said it. I've loved you when you were hating me. I pursued you when you were running away from me. That's the love of Jesus Christ is a scandalous nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your situation is not beyond that. Like the 12 apostles, we often see our Lord's great work in our lives, but still fail to fully understand and trust him. This is why we must pray to have eyes that see, ears that hear, a life that demonstrate his glory. And... As we wrap up this text, as we wrap up this message, I want to finish like this. There is a great hope that Jesus provides to us in one small word in this text. Jesus says to his disciples, do you not yet understand When Jesus says this word, 
he's providing a hope to you and to me. He understands our situation. He understands that we're making progress, but we're not there yet. And so Jesus is saying, I know you meant well. I know your heart is in the right place. I know your deepest desire is to love me and to treasure me and to follow me, but you're not there yet, but I know you're going to be. So my friends, if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask us to stand right now. If you're here this morning and you're in the period of your life in the yet, you're like, I'm trying to be a good spouse, but I'm not yet there. I'm trying to be a good parent, but I'm not yet there. I'm trying to leave, live by godly principles, but I'm not there yet. God, I've struggled with so many things, and I'm not there yet. God is a God of the territory of yet. He's giving you hope. The best is yet to come. You will become a better spouse. You will become a better parent. You will become a better business owner. You will become a better Christian. You will become a more fervent, faithful follower of Jesus. And when you do, it's not going to be because of what you did, but about what Jesus has done. That's the reality. So we're stuck in the land of yet, and that's okay. And Jesus still loves us. He's going to heal your deaf ears. He's going to give you sight. He's going to release your lips to give him glory. So, maybe you're here today and you're in the category of Herod. You're a Herod today. You're somebody who is very moral, who's very upright. You, you follow all the laws but you think those laws are above God's law. I'm here to tell you that you could never fulfill the law of God. That's why Jesus Christ did it for you on your own behalf. So accept that and repent of what you've tried to do on your own. Maybe you're in the category of the Pharisees. You've tried to behave well. And you've said, I'm going to do good. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to watch bad things. I'm just going to read my Bible every day. And I'm just going to pray. And I hope God loves me. I want to tell you, God loves you anyway. Repent of being a Pharisee. It's not about what we do, but rather what Jesus has done. And maybe, just maybe, today, you're in the third type of person category. You're a disciple. You're trying to follow Jesus, but you're struggling. You are that person who is in the boat with a loaf of bread, which is Jesus, and yet you're still fretting about your meager provisions. Jesus says, I know you're still in the process. I know you're learning. Whatever category you find yourself in today, I want to tell you this. Jesus is going to relentlessly pursue you until you have eyes that see, ears that hear, and a life that displays his glory. Amen? You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm.